at lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast where we hope you didn't leave Spotify because of Joel Rogan. And my name is Larry Wu. I'm Curtis Withers. Yes, according to Joe Rogan, we uh, live in a Gestapo state up here. In a Gestapo state, would we? Would both of us, like low level, low level ranking uh, folks, get our first shot? I don't think so. So, congratulations, Curtis. Both you, you and I have received our first uh, vaccination shot. Congratulations to you as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I got my no thanks to the uh, provincial government's portal. Um. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I had to uh, get mine uh, from monitoring vaccine hunters. So like a, a volunteer group who I, I got to say, I've done great work mm-hmm. um, letting people know where vaccines are available, who's available to get them, uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and they were kind of like a grassroots group doing this independently uh, for free. And then I heard that the city of Toronto is partnering with them now. So to kind of make it even more legit or yeah. giving them a bigger platform or resources right. or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, this is, this is, this is, they're doing, they're doing, um, they're doing the work that sort of other governments have kind of uh, sort of, sort of sh- you know, schlepped off on, on other, on other entities. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like they, they've kind of abdicated responsibility. When I, when I went to get my, my shot, I went with my wife, we got like appointments really fast after we saw it pop up on vaccine hunters. And the, the pharmacist said I had all, all these doses and nobody to give them to. There was no way for me to get in touch with like health authorities and say, I have them and stuff. And then a friend of mine said, oh, throw it on vaccine hunters. She put it on vaccine hunters. And then she had to call somebody in to work the phones. And she, she made, made like 300 appointments in two days. Well, honestly, that that's that's much better because that's the last thing you want is them having vaccines expiring, right? Like they just, they need to get rid of them in, in some cases. No, mm-hmm. no, that's not everyone's experience. Now... And just get yourself as on many lists as possible because right now it's opened up quite a bit now, right? Like in hotspots, it's just eighteen plus, and it's still forty plus if you're in other areas, right? They're yeah, they're opening it up uh, a bit more from from what I understand. I don't know if that's next week or, or or, but but pretty soon I think you're going to be able to book appointments hmm. if you're eighteen, regardless okay. of where you are i think they want that all in 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 place by the end of the month um so hopefully by the end of the month like a good amount of people in 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 ontario at least have their first shot that are eligible so curtis why why don't we kind of help anyone out there listening that might be quote-unquote hesitant how is your experience after you got your first shot like uh, well, I, first, actually, tell me your experience about getting the shot because, like everyone else, it's it was probably no no big deal, right? Yeah, getting the shot was fine. Like we we were in and out, and uh, the uh, the pharma the pharmacist was was great. She was really funny. She had just vaccinated uh, Krisha uh, Freeland, 
a couple of days previous. So she was still riding high off of uh, being able to stick a needle in the deputy prime minister. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was really easy. It didn't hurt. Um, and then afterwards, uh, the next day, probably the next couple of days, I felt slow and dumb. Hmm. Uh, I didn't have any fever, no shakes, uh, nothing like that. But I felt a little bit, a little bit off. And then after that, I felt normal. It was um, like twenty-four hours. Yeah, almost on the dot. You're you're fine, right? Pretty much, yeah. And then my uh, my wife had it a bit worse. She had uh, quite a bit of trouble the next day. Just sort of like, you know, took the day off work, um, that kind of stuff, uh, and then was fine. Um, I kind of came out unscathed. No superhuman strength or anything, but uh, I didn't have anything happen to me. I was waiting, and I, I, I'd be lying to say I didn't prepare for it. Basically, I prepared for it as if I was uh, racing the next day. So the, I got my shot on a Saturday. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to be sick, it's a Sunday, no big deal. Getting ready, if I was getting ready to uh, compete in a race, which meant I got to bed early. I had a clean meal and I was hydrating quite a bit on uh, the Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I also jacked myself up with vitamin C. Basically what you would do if you were kind of, oh, I feel like a cold coming in. Mm-hmm. Just And I just did that. Um, and, and I was fine. Uh, I did feel a little lightheaded at around 1130 in, in the morning, mm-hmm. but I only realized bec- that was because I had like, three or four cups of coffee and i think i was coming down from the caffeine high (laughs) but um they gave me this little sheet this aftercare sheet um which basically said okay most people will have one of these side effects pain at the injection site and i i did like it felt like someone punched me really hard till about wednesday i was still feeling like something happened there and every time i like turned over in bed i would feel it uh tiredness Headache, fever, muscle pain, joint pain, upset stomach, vomiting, diarrhea, chills. And then they have a list of kind of a little bit more severe side effects, like loss of appetite, dizziness, sleepiness, excessive sweating, swollen lymph nodes, uh, rash or itchy skin. Um, And they have very clear things about saying, you know, call 911 if you have the following. Mm -hmm. Um. But they also tell you, you know, how to treat side effects, right? Which a lot of it was, yeah, just drink water, keep yourself yeah. cool, drink water. Yeah, uh, which was which was great. Um, now both you and I have, I guess the the the, the redheaded stepchild vaccine, which happens to be taking a beating in the news <laughs> lately, is the AstraZeneca shot. Yeah. Um. Now. The person now at that time when I got my shot, it was that that news cycle was really bad for the shot, and I the the nurse actually or the doctor, uh, whoever took my shot, um, they they addressed it like head on. He goes, "Hey, you know, there, there's this side effect. You've probably been hearing about it." And I basically told them the story that we told the doctor about the last podcast about getting yellow fever, and mm-hmm. I said, "Listen, I just went. I wanted to go on vacation, and I t- I accepted the risks there." Yeah. But she said, even if you do react badly and quote unquote have a blood clot in 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 as a result of the shot, she said that the symptoms of that are quite severe. Like she said, you will know if you are sick or suffering from this. This is not a 
you got a blood clot and you keel over within a few seconds. Like she said, if you start feeling things like days afterward and it's like super sharp headache and I think she was also talking about blood red vision, <laughs> like really severe side yeah. effects before, you know, something serious. So they totally, it's totally treatable. Just don't ignore these symptoms if you feel it. And I said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So even if it does happen to anyone out there, like just listen to your body and just get help if you need to. But yeah, don't, don't ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, both you and I are still here recording. So, so yeah. far so good. It's almost been two weeks, right? I guess both of us two weeks this coming weekend, I guess. Uh, my, mine's a little later. I got mine on Tuesday, on the Tuesday. Okay. Uh, so it'll be, yeah, it's coming up to two weeks. All right. Like yeah, one and a half weeks, I guess. Well, we want to kind of commemorate this show being the week of May the 4th. So this was our, not that any other episode isn't our May the 4th episode, because <laughs> we talk about Star Wars quite a bit on on the on the Cucumber. But uh, this will be our uh, May the 4th celebration episode. Uh, no special guests, unless Anthony Daniels calls us in the next few minutes, which, you know, he's he'll be on any show. But uh, let, let's let's quickly hit the headlines and uh, get on with our May the Fourth celebration. So, uh, this one, you know, you're talking about un unessential travel. Uh, let's not go on to a flight with this guy. So the headline is: Flight canceled after man throws six coins into plane engine for good luck. <laughs> now, does the story talk? Uh, talk at all about the denomination of the coins uh no it does not but uh, the man identified only by his surname wang yeah he is one that's why <laughs> in the post admitted that he threw a handful of coins towards the plane according to the times now digital is he was then arrested by police authorities were able to recover all six coins which the man had wrapped in red paper for luck. So basically it was like the little red Hong Bao, uh, red uh, Chinese New Year red envelopes in each one for coin. So he basically gave that to the plane. The airline decided to cancel the flight and uh, to ensure passenger safety. I hope so. So he basically, 150 people were escorted off the flight. And this is also everyone's masked and there's distancing because this is happening during the pandemic. So uh, no, Curtis, it doesn't say how much he threw, but he just basically made 150 people wait, you know, for their next flight or whatever. I hope I hope it was six cents. Like, I hope it was six pennies. <laughs> like, just, just, that, that would just, I'd feel even, like, if I was on that fight, I'd already be annoyed. And then just to know that it was six cents. God. So the, the logic was that he, this was his first ever plane journey. So he thought, that this would help him. Hmm. Uh, so he was fined uh, to compensate the airline, which was about $17,000 US. I guess he wasn't so lucky. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Uh, That's crazy. Like, I, I, I don't know. We've all had, if you've flown enough, you've had your flight, you know, delayed or canceled for the stupidest reasons. I remember... One time uh, I was flying, I think I was flying back from London. It was like like a, a fairly significant flight. And it was in danger of being delayed because one of the trays, the the lock 
to keep the tra- the, the the tray fastened mm-hmm. in one seat was busted, and they couldn't find somebody in a, in a in in a uh, you know in in a timely fashion who had the tools necessary to fix it. Like <laughs> like you got to figure. In, in in somebody in the some mechanic in the airplane hangar is going to be able to fix that or like, have something thing. to fix it. Yeah, they did get it fixed, but we got delayed by about I would say ninety minutes, and it sounded like at one at one point in time they were saying there was a possibility that we may have to that that flight would be canceled and we'd have to book on mm. on a subsequent flight. Oh, but boy. but that but that's but that but that's not 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 will like willful. Oh yeah, no, no, no! <laughs> like, like this guy, the shower, the plane. Okay. <laughs> um, here, here, here's something that that you normally will not find on a flight, but uh, equally as uh, absurd. Uh, McDonald's is giving out free McFlurries to apologize for their confusing straw-like spoon. <laughs> so this is the their dessert. I guess it's the equivalent of um, like a. A Dairy Queen Blizzard, mm-hmm. um, and it's the McFlurry, and it's not a milkshake. It, it's more of a dessert, and everyone's probably seen it. This is not new, folks. This is the normal straw that they uh, give you with the McFlurry, but it it's it's rectangular in shape, right? Uh, and it's hollow at the top, though it is a spoon. Yeah, it's a spoon. You can't actually suck your McFlurry through through it. <laughs> no, it kind of looks like you can. And I will admit that I, when I first encountered this, I did try, and then I found that it was just a spoon and not a spoon straw <laughs> how, hybrid. How old were you? Well, this spoon made. I think I think it's it says in that article that the spoon spoon was invented in 1995, so I was old enough to know better. Like I was a. I was in I was in university for sure, or just coming out of university. <laughs> okay. So I was in my in my twenties. So so McDonald's is apologizing for the spoon's confusing design since nineteen ninety five and only doing something about it now, <laughs> which includes a square hollow end at the top, but does not allow to function as a straw by giving away. Oh, so their apology is by giving away their new caramel brownie McFlurry for a limited time. Yeah, this apology kind of rings hollow. I don't. Th- I don't think that's sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's sorry. This sounds like this sounds like a, a way to get you hooked on the new McFlurries. Yeah, or or some dummy trying to haul on that sp- spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm yeah, sure. Like, are, are are there people? Like, I'm sure that there are people who are outraged about the spoon. I haven't met any. Like most people I know, just accept that it's a spoon that kind of looks vaguely like a straw. But the fact that that they've kind of framed this as a jokey apology means they must have got some letters saying like, you know, tearing a strip off them for 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 not having it function as a straw or for, you know, people feeling tricked or something like that. Like people will get so angry about anything. I I, I, I you know that there's probably a story if we search hard enough of someone passing out by hauling on yeah. this straw spoon that's not a straw like just just completely like either hyperventilating or knocking themselves out by just hauling on it like it's but it's also 
um, the consistency of McFlurry is it's not liquid, right? Like it's just basically whipped ice cream. Yeah, it's not meant. You don't. You don't. Do, like I don't you, know. You don't drink a McFlurry. You don't drink a Blizzard, right? <laughs> I haven't been to Dairy Queen in a long time. I think you get a spoon with a Blizzard. Like you don't try to drink a Blizzard. Well, no, no. Don't don't they do that trick? Like, and you know they're told to do it, right? Which is they 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 pull it out of the blender, they stab the spoon into the Blizzard, and then they're told to in front of the customer turn it upside down that's right and then give it to you that's right that's right you know yeah. it's, it's almost like the equivalent of kind of singing a song before you when you order uh, uh, uh the prize gift but whatever yeah like like the, the the milkshakes are already hard enough to drink through a straw those, those mcdonald's milkshakes and the, the these are you know the these uh mcflurries are are quite a bit thicker yeah you're right it's a dessert like you can get oreos or squirt like it's it's basically exactly like a blizzard so i yeah. don't know why, anybody would try why anyone would think about hauling it although i did now you you brought a funny point that you said that the milkshakes and mcdonald's are super thick and, and they're, they're thick as but you were you did time in mcdonald's when you were a teenager right sure did okay I remember, like, I, I never ordered McDonald's milkshakes that often, but I remember someone ordering it one time, and it comes out of that spigot at, like, jet engine speeds, and then by the time it gets to you, it's, it's like, cement thickness. Yeah. I, I always wondered how that works. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's kind of gross a little bit when you see, <laughs> kind of like when you see how the sausage is made, because I've had to load that machine up and stuff, and... Yeah, it's just kind of like this. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like this. This gross sort of paste almost that comes out um, really thick, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I like their, I like their shakes, okay, but like, yeah, they're they're not like we. If you go and get like a milkshake and at like an ice cream parlor or something, it's completely different beast than <laughs> these McDonald's yeah. shakes. Now, when we were talking offline about this story, we brought up an old memory, an old like grade school memory, which we were not sure if it's still being sold. And that is the orange drink that McDonald's used to serve or at least bring to uh, like school lunches. Was it school lunches? They Sometimes McDonald's would even sponsor something happening at your school and they'd bring this orange drink. Yeah. You'd get um, those little, you'd get those little, those little paper cups with uh, Ronald McDonald giving like the OK symbol. That's on right. The side. And, but, but you don't remember it actually ever retailing at the store, right? Like, I'm not it, sure. I'm not sure. Like, I think their orange was like whatever, whatever pop brand that they were like, whatever Coke makes for orange, like Fanta or whatever. I'm not sure what. But it wasn't carbonated, right? It was. It, it, I have mem- I have this memory. It was just like this. Oh, the stuff, orange the stuff drink. from the school. Yeah. No, it just came in this big, in this big like <laughs> vat, this big yellow vat with the golden arches on it. And, and depending on how cheap your school was, it could either be like, like super, super watery or like, you know, sort of like re- the regular ratio of syrup to, uh, yeah. to, to water. But like, I've and, and, like some Cub Scout things where it was so watery, it was disgusting. And there was a label on the side that says contains absolutely no oranges. <laughs> Nothing now, even resembles. Now, now, you and I also talked about it. If you actually could order it and you were given it in a cup with the plastic top on it, which bubble would they press, right? It would, it, yeah. we, we said there was, there was only three choices on Other, those pops. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was be, it would be like the other. Yeah. It was cola, diet, and other. Yeah. Yeah. So when I worked there, those lids were still in service, but I don't remember, I don't remember ever pressing down on them. Like I think by then we were kind of just writing with marker on, on top of the lid, but well, that, those still, ex, you know, like R for root beer or whatever, but those but, but, it, but that's exact, but that's exactly it. Right. You serve more than three things. Yeah. So, okay, fine. You order a whole bunch of drinks for your, you and your family or whatever. Let's, and few people order Cokes and then a whole bunch of other stuff. So now, oh, the people that got Cokes or even diet. Oh, we clearly can tell you yours is. <laughs> yeah. Then comes the people who ordered a ginger ale, a seven up, got orange drink. Now, now you're everyone in, lumped in that category is other. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to kind of go by the color of your, your beverage. Yeah. But which, you know, wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Uh, but uh, so as a service announcement from, from the from Curtis and I, uh, don't haul on that spoon. It's not it's not a it's 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 not a straw. No. Don't do it. You, you might hurt yourself. Yeah, it's not the right way to enjoy a McFlurry anyhow. <laughs> All right. Why don't we cue the music? So happy May the Fourth to you, Curtis. Oh, this is a candy <laughs> dispenser that also has the Darth Vader one. And, and and it's bonus. And what kind of candy comes out of Vader's head? Uh, just these little sort of flavorless pellets. You can get red or blue. I don't think so, I've ever really eaten the candy. I just but but you know I do like to depress it every once in a while for the for the breathing noise. So every year, social media gets goes into a frenzy for May the Fourth. Star Wars fans go 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 crazy and start posting their little May the Fourth uh, greeting, and it 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 can it kind of became like a the formal Star Wars day, and it was like kind of an informal joke because of the fact that you know May the Fourth sounds like May the Force be with you, right? Because mm. May the Fourth just a not burst anyone's bubble. It was not the date of original New Hope got released. I think there's 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 some uh, some people thinking that that is the date then Star Wars premiered mm -hmm. uh, many many moons ago. Uh, no, sorry, that's not the case. It's just you know it's kind of a cute day, and the the folks at Star Wars have embraced it as well. There's always stuff going on uh, that they uh, circle around the date. Uh, for myself and Curtis, I think every day is May the Fourth, or can be. So it's mm -hmm. it's just like any other day. But I did I I did post something uh, on Instagram for uh, for May the Fourth. I figured I'd, I I just had to. Um, I, I did one for the show, and it, it's basically the uh, the Churchill uh, take on uh, keep calm and carry on. Mm -hmm. But mine was uh, it's a picture of a. Uh, silhouette of an x-wing and it says uh keep calm and stay on target mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah there's lots of things that go around the world it's 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 become quite the big deal now 
Star Wars, hey, we don't have to talk too much. It's become a huge phenomenon, more than what Lucas, definitely more than what Lucas had kind of thought uh, about. Uh, but before we kind of talk about, you know, George and his thoughts and whatever, but I thought maybe you and I would share some personal stories about uh, you and I and Star Wars, or we'll share some personal stories. And then we have a joint one that we can, we, we can tell together, which is kind of funny. Uh, but I'll, I'll go first, Curtis. So um, this was a story from Empire Strikes Back. So I had a buddy who, uh, huge Luke fan, right? Watched New Hope, I don't know, just like any other kid at that time, you know, countless number of times. Loved Luke. Luke was his favorite. He He's watching... Uh, Empire Strikes Back with his mom and the beginning of the movie hits. There's no spoiler alerts here, but uh, Luke gets hit by the Wampa Mm -hmm. and he goes down and there's a little bit of blood, right? But in his mind, this is what he thought. He went, basically threw up his arms and went, oh great, they killed him off. He got up and stormed out of the theater. His mom thought he just went to the bathroom and realized where is he she went looking for him he's sitting outside in the steps just outside the theater like not crying but he was upset mm-hmm. and he, like he was upset i can't believe they killed him well, how could they do that <laughs> and she had to talk him off the ledge he was like yeah. no calm down he's fine mm-hmm. he, he, he 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 because he, he missed quite a bit right so he's like explaining to him oh he got he got his lightsaber and somehow he got him into his hand and he slayed it. And so by the time he got back to the theater, it was like the general Veer's attack on Hoth, but mm. so funny. Like I, that's like my favorite empire strikes back story of, you know, fandom, fandom, even at that age. And at that time, just so, well, so, I, so fanatic. I'm an empire, empire strikes back story. That's, that's got some similar elements. Um, okay. Although it's sort of like the opposite of fandom. It's more like the, the sort of like, uh, star wars star wars uh noobs if you will and that was uh my parents took me and my brother to see empire strikes back in in toronto so we went from drove from brampton to toronto to go see it it was a big deal um and uh my my dad uh uh, took me uh, to see the original star wars when i was like four or five it took us forever to be able to see it because it was always sold out at like the Shoppers World Cinema in Brampton or whatever. When we finally got to see it, uh, I was so scared of the trash compactor monster that I watched the rest of the movie from the top of the aisle. Like I got on my seat, went to the top of the aisle and watched it through like my my uh, right index finger and right middle finger up against my face and watch it just through that little <laughs> slit. And my dad had to come up and sit beside me and watch the rest of the movie. So I thought my dad was pretty, you know, he knew enough about star Wars because we had seen that. But when we went to see empire strikes back, as you know, like I guess halfway through the movie or whatever, when Luke is training to be a Jedi on, on Dagobah with Yoda, he goes in this cave and there's like a Darth Vader sort of apparition in the cave and he fights it and he cuts off its head. And when the, and when the head goes off, the, the mask explodes and there's Luke's face under the masks. It's great foreshadowing. But um, 
but my parents and every parent in this that I could see, every adult in the cinema, when Luke in like three seconds took down that Darth Vader an hour into the movie, they all stood up and gave it a standing ovation. And all the kids were like, that that's not the real Darth Vader. That's not going to that's not how this is going to end. Awesome. <laughs> were, they, were they cheering or were they just kind of standing up and kind of giving them the slow cap clap <laughs> i think they were probably like man that was that <laughs> that was a lot quicker than i expected we could like probably make it home in time for the leafs game or something like that you know what you you brought up an interesting thing about and maybe people have thought about it way too much and it, it is that that cave scene Right. Mm-hmm. I think when Lucas and everyone else drafted up that scene, I don't think they made it as deep as people think it is or was. I, I, I they no one's ever come up with a definitive what is the cave and what how do you interpret Luke's vision, which mm-hmm. is his vision and how how Luke's interprets it, whatever. I just remember the the cave scene, uh, even as a kid, you know, just thinking about wow. Luke's a real jerk because didn't the Jedi Master just told him you don't need to bring your weapons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just kind of like basically flipped Yoda the bird and yeah, I'm bringing everything with me. I'm not listening to you. He was a terrible student. He was a terrible student. Always. <laughs> oh, they never was listening to Yoda. You know, and eventually I think maybe that scared him straight because he seemed to be a bit, a bit better at uh, concentrating and after that. But then still, at the first sign of like Han and Leia being in trouble, he he races off, you know, despite the uh, despite despite the 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 strong disapproval of uh, of Yoda and his and 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 you know his his plea to stay and finish his training. <laughs> now, now both both you and I have stories from Empire Strikes Back, and it it is. Um... That one tends to be a lot of people's favorite. And it it's a bar that people also use for all the other Star Wars movies that are have come out, right? Like, oh, it's not as good as Empire, whatever. But mm-hmm. it's a hard bar to follow because not only was it the second act in this three-act story, but Empire Strikes Back probably goes down as probably one of the greatest sequels to ever be written like any genre like just as a story itself yeah and they really did i I think why i like it and i don't know uh you know everybody's got their own reasons or whatever but i just like it because it really examines the its villain right it really develops its villain which wasn't something that was done a ton in that sort of style of cinema. The the villain was always very sort of cartoonish and very, you know, mustache twirling sort of, you know, but they kind of gave, gave Darth Vader like a lot of depth and, uh, and, and uh, he just was, he's such a great character. And, uh, and that's why I will always, always like that one the best because that was like sort of Darth Vader's movie. It, the movie works well because the pacing is good. There's points and times where it brings everything back down, 
you know, the dialogue is decent enough. You know, is the acting great? Oh, come on, let's face it. The, the acting is not, no one's winning an award for it. But I, I think in terms of storytelling, like it, it, it just it it hits on it checks all the check boxes, right? And there, there, it just it took some it took some risks. Like you know, you you weren't really doing mo- movies like that, like like sort of like those sort of heroic swashbuckling movies where the heroes are in peril and then remain in peril as the end credits go like that just wasn't really done you know oh you you you, you risked like they did risk at that time people were like i'm done with this like that was not what i wanted to see and i just think it makes it more compelling you know it, it necessitated the a third movie which is probably i i think i think a lot of people would agree is maybe the weakest of the original trilogy but you know yeah well before we slag the poor series uh but there was one thing uh, i again that empire does really well um is the uh, uh the falcon escaping through the asteroid field and the reason why i i bring this one up is it, it reminds me of the old 70s car chase uh scenes where mm-hmm. there's not that much dialogue and they let the chase scene tell the story and, it, and it's very clear it's not confusing and it and just the, the the visuals itself tell you the story of the peril yes there is some dialogue of just them in the cockpit going whoa and mm-hmm. ah. <laughs> um and you know the the famous lines, you know, never tell me the odds, right? Yeah. Um, but but really, there, there's a there there's that scene is probably what three four minutes with no dialogue, and it's just the Falcon flying through. And I don't think they were a, able to go back and ever do something similar to that. Mm-hmm. I think they've tried, but not as well done as that one. Just the way the 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 dogfight scene went and of course john williams right just wrote the the perfect score for for that scene Mm -hmm. um yeah like i i think i think from a from a from a craft point of view it's probably the the best thing that's ever come out of 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 the star wars universe like it's just as 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 far as just you know like like attention to detail movie making goes mm. like the first one will always sort of also hold a, a a very special place just for being you know that game changing movie that we all we all saw when we were kids and we're just like blown away like i don't know if you know as popular they, there's always going to be popular franchises and popular stuff i don't know if like my niece and nephew i don't know i don't think there's been ever been anything like that for them you know they move from thing to thing all the time like like we we were star wars we remain star wars fans to this day like you know that's right well yeah that first one is also different right like a new hope tells the story of you know farm boy luke jettisoned into this great adventure right uh like it's the perfect hero's tale right Mm mm-hmm it has again it checks all the check boxes of you know luke going through this adventure a lot of people changing like seeing han's character change you have 
you know, the mentor, ter- like a lot of the kind of key archetypes that you'd see in like a, a, a hero's journey. Yeah. Are all told in that. And it's, 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 it's textbook storytelling. Um, you were saying about the weakest one being return of the Jedi. Uh, there's a lot of people that love it and I'm not going to slag it because of the Ewoks, blah, blah, blah. Cause that's too easy. My problem with return of the Jedi and it, it to this day, I think, um, when Lucas redid the prequels and even to an extent, uh, last Jedi also suffered from this and maybe rise of Skywalker, which is they tried to take the story in so many different directions and they don't come back together necessarily. So you, so what you have is the people on Endor, then you have Luke doing his thing. Then you have the people flying and battling in space. So you have all these things happening that are almost kind of like independent of each other. Like it, 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 it and it just becomes so incoherent <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where you want your heroes to all kind of come together and battle together. Right. Um, but I, I think that's, that's where it, it return of the Jedi suffers. Right. Because the things, even though, yeah, you can say, Oh, Larry, you're wrong, but you know, the people on Endor are trying to lower the, the shield for the people in space and Luke is doing his thing. It's just too much. And I think the way that they cut it also makes it not flow as well as they could have. Like they, you know. Yeah. And, and to your point, and you said it when you said Luke is doing his thing, it's just, what is Luke doing? Like take Luke, take <laughs> Luke out of that. Yep. And, 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 and the rebels still win. Right. In fact, they probably win easier because, you know, Vader doesn't sense because remember when they were coming in on that uh, on their shuttle, and then Vader senses that Luke is on the sh- shuttle and looks like I shouldn't have come. And then the guy was going to clear him. You know, it's an old code, sir, but it checks out. And then Vader fly casual let them through. Yeah, fly casual. <laughs> and then Vader knows he's there. So that guy would have checked them checked them through with that old code. They would have gone in. Vader and 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 Palpatine wouldn't have wouldn't have known that Luke was with them, and then they could have like done their little sabotage thing, and then Lando and Wedge would have just flown right in and blown up the uh, the Death Star. Luke Luke is is superfluous to needs in that entire movie, even though his his like the way his arc ends is is really good, but because mm-hmm. like you say, there's so much stuff going on, it doesn't fit. Right, it's not necessary for what they're trying to do, which is blow up the Death Star. And knowing that the Emperor is on the Death Star at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. So you see this at its worst in Last Jedi. I'm sure it happens all the time with the prequels as well, but Last Jedi suffers from that greatly, and. It's actually worse in Last Jedi because you have Rey with Luke, you have Finn and Rose and BB-8 going on some unnecessary adventure to some gambling planet, Mm -hmm. and then you have Poe with the fleet being chased. Mm Mm-hmm. When I when all that was happening, it was just like, oh, what is going on? And I don't 
and then you start not caring about certain storylines because you're like, what are they doing? Because in in to your point, the whole Finn Rose storyline, what did that accomplish? Mm-hmm. Nothing. It didn't really accomplish <laughs> anything. No. It and did, and, and, poor Paul, and poor Poe and poor another cantina gam casino whatever scene that seems to <laughs> seems to be required in every single Star Wars. I don't. Yeah, like yeah. I, I but whatever. Um, but getting back to uh, fun Star Wars stories. Uh, so you and I met many, 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 many years ago. Uh, but one of the, I think. I know I've met you before this uh, this event, but it wasn't that much before, and that was uh, the premiere of Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. So it's been decades since any of us have seen anything new Star Wars. So this was a big deal when when Phantom Menace came out and the trailer was uh, pushed out onto the internet. It was a huge, huge deal. Like the group of us that went all took the afternoon off from work i don't i think there was only maybe one or two people that actually didn't take the day off or the the afternoon off because like you said you i remember you were already there in line for us mm-hmm. i i joined around three in the afternoon mm-hmm. for what a seven thirty show mm-hmm. i was between <laughs> i was between jobs like i had just finished one job and i was just about to start another job and i was in that sweet spot right in between so so i was able to like get there pretty early and 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 save a save a spot we still managed to get 20 uh, probably around 20 people close to it anyway sitting sitting pretty much together in in two two rows two rows yeah 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 yeah. i thought we did we did really well yeah but uh, but we spent four hours outside (laughs) on the sidewalk (laughs) i was waiting line i was in that line the only thing i had to eat was was pez from my yoda pez dispenser and uh yeah i just waited until uh until we until we could get in and then and then no, like... there was some running i think there was some running when they let the doors open right? oh, i think so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but we managed we managed to, to get our seats we got good seats we all got together and stuff and then i don't know like the movie afterwards like i convinced myself that i loved it but i knew deep down that i didn't and, and and that's a very common feeling that people had and, and whether or not they still, they admit it to themselves or not, it is exactly that. We all came out of the movie. Like I think the, the, the crawl went, mm-hmm. you're excited to hear the music. You see the crawl. And I remember being taken out for a brief second going, wow, this crawl really reads odd. But then I said, oh, I don't care. <laughs> John Williams' music's hitting, and and I'm just wait, just waiting for it. Um, and, and there was a few times where you're watching it that it the movie does. You're right; it pulls you out for a second, but only a brief second, where your 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 critical thinking brain goes, eh, something's not right here. Yeah. But then the other part is like, but Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So it pulls you back in, and, and you're right. I I I admit it. I paid to see Phantom Menace. I think three times in the theater. Same. Yeah. And each time I think I got more woken up <laughs> <laughs> because you're right. I was like, Oh, I no, I gotta like this. Right. Like, no, no, I, there, there can't be anything wrong with this. I, I gotta like this. Right. Cause I think everybody had that sense. I think, I think what, what, what it was for me, it's like, 
so I saw it with you guys, and then I took my brother to see it because he had just come home from abroad, and uh, and we went to see it a, <laughs> for the second time. And I just remember halfway through, I don't know, Jar Jar Binks was something, and, and I could just hear my brother go, "Shut up!" <laughs> like, yeah, this this guy is is a really bad bad character. Um, and yeah, and and it really comes down to uh, a point that I want to make that that really haunts uh, Star Wars, and it's that. Uh, the, the retroactive continuity or what the kids call it retcon and and the whole prequel series was just that right it was trying to you know fill in the gaps for the beloved Luke story and and try to build the Anakin arc mm-hmm. and as much as people as much as George admits it that he had it all in his head he, I don't think he did like I think he was just making stuff up as he was going oh and, yeah clearly and and there was no one questioning him because oh, if people, no. if yeah. And if people remember um, George's wife at the time, she edited a new hope. Right. And if you watched like some of the original cuts that George had done, like it's, it's still quite messy. Like uh, she and her partner, I forgot who, who, the, who also edited the movie. I forgot his name, but they put together this this coherent story and, mm-hmm. and put things in place, and it, you know it's it's about how the edit uh, saved New Hope, and mm-hmm. unfortunately there wasn't such a person in Phantom Menace, and mm-hmm. and Phantom Menace also suffered from too much CG or very li- oh. early limited CG, yeah, to yeah. the point where the actors either had to stand or sit down. Right. Or if they walked, they walked like maybe 10 feet and then had to stop. Yeah. Um, And and they were all filmed in this blue screen and they filled in the gaps after. So the poor actors had nothing, no frame of reference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So which makes it totally difficult. Right. Yeah. And 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 I I don't not that I don't understand why he did it that way, but um, I don't know. I think it was just you know, this is the future. This is what we're doing. And then you just realize, but everyone's just sitting or standing. <laughs> he made some very questionable decisions. Like the Jar Jar Binks character, obviously like extremely questionable decision, right from his, his accent, which was, you know, like that sort of like ridiculous patois that he spoke just to, you know, like, like when C-3PO was comic relief in those other movies, a, it was great because it was because it was a robot being fussy, which was really funny to a lot That's of right. people. And also, like C three PO, also you know, despite his ridiculousness, was an effective member of of the team because protocol because protocol droids were necessary, right? He he served a function. Jar Jar Binks served no function, and he was just a bummer. And then the other big decision is. Why did he think that having, you know, a half hour C-SPAN in space segment was was a good idea? <laughs> like, well, cause, what was cause, that? Because Curtis, this movie is made for kids. <laughs> now, you, you brought up kind of a funny thing because the whole premise of everything 
um, starting the story on the small planet of Naboo is 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 obviously a a, a plan plotted by Palpatine, right? Mm. We all know that. The question is, what was Naboo? Uh, why was it so important to the galactic economy that it, like, having this blockade warranted sending two Jedi <laughs> to <laughs> to clear up? what was going on there what were they trading did they was it ever explained like what was i don't know i don't know i don't know if it, i don't know if it was maybe it was i mean it may have been it may have been explicitly explained that i was so tuned out that i just didn't, <laughs> didn't care or remember <laughs> no no care whatsoever yeah there are some things i mean to be fair, there are some things I liked about the Phantom Menace. I liked Darth Maul. I liked the they could have given him more to do. I liked uh, I liked the the lightsaber duel at the end. I liked some of the the new music that was in it. Um, you know, uh, I you know I I appreciate the way that they kind of like put some of the uh, wheels in motion for the you know Palpatine's power grab and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it didn't need to exist because i think you you could take that original trilogy or that prequel trilogy and all of that stuff could happen in one movie to me and you could cut out entire things you could cut out his whole his whole censure of chancellor valoran and all that kind of stuff like that doesn't need to be that doesn't need to exist you you don't need to know who chancellor valoran was that character does not need to exist (laughs) yeah Well, I, 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 I think the the problem, and this is again a problem of retcon that Star Wars seems to have, is they they unnecessarily went back too far. Mm-hmm. You're yes. right. I, I I think, and they also made Anakin. I don't know why they felt the need to make Anakin a child, mm-hmm. which then went okay. If he's supposed to be with Amidala. Oh, now we have to make her a child, and now we're trying to explain why a planet has a young queen mm-hmm. <laughs> that's democratically elected. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're like, oh, what? Like, guys, and like, why couldn't you, why couldn't you make Anakin and Obi Wan be similar in age? Mm-hmm. Why did one have to be a child? Yes, Anakin could have been not trained, and and the thing is, Obi Wan already said, and why didn't they take that as part of the retcon? Which was, you know, oh, when I met your father, he was already a great pilot. No, he didn't mean he was a kid. <laughs> he, he was he he was a great. Uh, uh, what what's that? What was he? What was he racing? Those uh, pod racing. He was a great pod, pod racing. racing pilot. Maybe that's what he meant. But Obi Wan did no. But Obi Wan never saw the pod race. That's true. He didn't, did he? And Obi Wan didn't see Anakin accidentally destroy the droid ship either. Oh, oh, don't remind me. (laughs) So stupid. Come on, Curtis. That's so. That's so wizard. What are you talking about? Like that. the, (laughs) The second movie too. The second movie serves no purpose at all. Okay, so that again it's it's more retcon oh we need something that called the clone wars okay and they 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 that was the best idea they could have now 
there was no need for Anakin to be a child when they meet they meet him. Like, and it does. That's when you start going. Hold on, someone didn't do the math in terms of the age of people and things like that. But the other uh, thing that I don't like is if you're if if you do watch them one through nine. I don't know if that's how it's intended to be watched now, but like because they because they felt and I knew they were going to do this and I was so mad that they did that they needed to shoehorn a Darth Vader scene at the end uh, just a terrible no scene uh, at the yeah, end no. of at the end of Revenge of the Sith now that whole moment in in Empire Strikes Back where he reveals himself as Luke's father you already know you know yeah. it's, it's why 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 would they do that i i heard an interesting an interesting theory sort of like similar to what you said uh is a a, rec- a recommended way to watch them is to watch right, right, Evo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Empire, uh, Empire, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, and then blah blah blah, and cut out the first two movies completely. <laughs> yeah, um, because it would have been nice to yeah just insert that one movie and say oh there's the fall of Anakin. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, but did. You know, and then hear the Anakin that uh, uh, Obi Wan talks about because throughout the prequels, it's just like, uh, you ever watch the TV show Picard? Yes. You ever notice how in that TV show, Picard and Data are like suddenly like soulmates? Yes. Yeah. But in but the original series, and even less so about the movies, but definitely the original series, like Picard. Like and Data never got along, right? You know what I mean? Like it was Data and Jordy, yeah, right. And Picard just kind of did his thing, but you know, all of a sudden they're like soulmates in Picard. And and I get the sense that um, it's the same thing here because when do you actually ever see like a decent moment between Anakin and Obi Wan? Hmm. They tried yeah. in this awkward way in Revenge of the Sith in the elevator when they're all oh, right, yeah, yeah. But but they don't get along. They don't really get along in Attack of the Clones, like yeah. like yeah, no, in right. any way, shape, or form. Uh, Obi Wan doesn't want the kid anywhere near. Like you know, he's kind of telling Qui Gon, "Don't do it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, you never. You never got the sense that when the two fight, that there was a lot on the line. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, oh, just get it over with. Don't they even <laughs> say? Doesn't one of them say at one point, like, "I loved you," and you're like, you "Oh yeah, yeah, no, you did. no, you didn't." <laughs> you know, he said, that's, I yeah, tolerated that's... you. I would have been like, okay, I guess. Well, <laughs> if 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 anything, Curtis, just remember, always have the high ground. Yeah. Yeah, then 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 you then you won. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> it, it's 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 like the it's 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 like the uh, uh, Karate Kid, the 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 crane kick. You can't defend yeah. it. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the mother boxes from uh, Justice League. It's like Kid, if they, if they if they get all they three, turn on. That's it. There's nothing it. you can do. <laughs> so, I, I remember watching uh, Revenge of the Sith, and when when uh, Hugh McGregor called out the high ground, I was like, what? <laughs> But you guys have swords. Yeah. Like I get high ground if you guys were having blasters and you know. Yeah, and you have force powers. Why doesn't he just like bring down a, sal- a stalagmite on top of you? Or 
or I don't know, this or speed run off yeah. the hike to join them on the hike. <laughs> yeah, or jump really high. They can jump really high, Jedi, from what I understand. Uh, you know what? You you and I both said that we should do a a, a May the Fourth celebration discussion. I think we've done more time slagging it than, than actually <laughs> in, enduring it. Well, but I guess that's, that's going to happen. Though I knew that. I, I totally knew that was going to happen. But I still, uh, love, but, I still love Star Wars. I mean, I oh, will, but like you, you know, know what? Words it, It's it, it's so ingrained that you know me even slagging it means I I I, I love it still. Yeah, like. Uh, I wanted to kind of talk about some of the the, the the things that happened as a result of 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 the movies, right? Um, the one thing, and I don't know if there's any other movie that did it in the '70s as as well as Star Wars, or even today still, is the merchandising. Merchandising, mm-hmm. like toys, were a huge, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. huge, huge thing. Yeah, it, made, it still is. It made uh, it, it made it made Kenner a force in the. Uh... In, in the toy world, right? Like, yep. That's one of my it, favorite things about. I remember I got a box set, a v, you know, back in the VHS days, a VHS box set of of the three movies, letter all letter box, and it came with some, you know, making of book, and then but it also came with with a making of documentary, which wasn't that interesting except for when they talked about the the toys mm-hmm. uh, and and some of that stuff. And uh, and also the 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 weird expectations going and like some of that was interesting, but the toys was the most interesting to me because nobody really wanted to, you know, that Mattel or, you know, all the big Hasbro said no. And uh, Kenner said, OK, we'll do it. But like, you know, we'll put it on the back burner. We got some strawberry shortcake dolls to kick out or whatever they were doing. <laughs> and, uh, and and then and then I remember and I remember people that I knew had this. I never had it. I, I had figures like pretty much straight away, but they had to come up with and you can see commercials for it still on YouTube, the Star Wars Promise Kit. The yep. movie was so popular and Kenner did not make enough toys to meet the demand right up at first, right? Yep. So so like i guess it was for for christmas or whatever like if you couldn't get the toys you could get a star wars promise kit which like would have like an obi-wan or whatever and like this will be yours when we finally get around to to making it in the factory it it was it was an empty box with uh photos of toys that you would have gotten (laughs) yeah yeah but you yeah and you'll and you'll get them you'll get them eventually and 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 they did i think it was like but it wasn't until like the spring until people actually got them delivered. Yep. So so question to you, Curtis, is uh, what was your very first uh, Star Wars toy? Uh, my very first one, I got two at the same time, and it was a Jawa, and it was the Jawa with the cloth capes, not the... Ex- oh, not the, not the vinyl? Jawa. Not the, not not the vinyl the, not cape. The vinyl. And R2-D2. I got hmm. them at the same time. See, you, you made fun of them, but also, it was also availability. I think. Um, I think my first one was uh, was three PO. Yeah. Um, but I think it was availability. I got it at a Kmart. I remember. Oh yeah, sure. We'll get you a Star Wars toy, and we went, and there was really not much there. I if I have memory serves, and I thought, oh well, let's get three PO. You had stiff um, limbs. I remember. That that's right. That's right. There, there was no there was no articulation in those <laughs> toys. <laughs> um. And the funny thing is, I, I I probably have you beat, but uh, the latest Star Wars toy I have is uh, 
um, I have the Lego set for the Razor Crest from the Mandalorian. So I, I'm still collecting even today, and the the wall behind me, uh, I know it's audio format is is my wall of Star Wars. I don't have anything ultra uh, rare because anything from the old days. Um, I I kind of went on this kick of collecting uh, obscure B level characters. <laughs> so I've got uh, I got Nyanum. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Prune face. Yep. And uh, uh, Bib Fortuna. Oh yeah, Bib Fortuna. which I got not too recently ago, and he's got the cloak and the staff, which apparently is not in the movie, but uh, he uses it in uh, Mandalorian. He's 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 seen. Uh, carrying it when he's well fat bibbed fortuna right right when he's living on the largesse of having inherited yeah. the hot empire i do and... have i did get a, an email from eb games that that the uh mandalorian and grogu action figures that i pre-ordered like last year are about ready so, <laughs> so about ready or ready yeah. they're ready um yeah and uh the thing is, I got to call them because my because it was so long ago. Like my my, I've, I got issued a new credit card in that time, so okay. so I've got to like square off my credit card details. But I will be getting two new action figures. My first two action figures, probably in a long time. So so I I, I know it's uh, we're in audio format, but I will show you one of another obscure B level character. So if you'll excuse me for a second before while well, I get it. So lovely X wing. Yeah. Can. Uh... It makes a sound when you open up the uh, uh, the foils. Yeah, but you know, you'd think I'd have Luke in the side, the cockpit of this X-wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, in fact, it's not Luke. Oh, he's got like a beard. Oh, it's yeah. Porkins. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> you know, I can't. I can't have. I can't have Luke or uh, Wedge. No. I don't know if they had a. Did they ever put up with a Biggs character? Biggs Darklighter. Would they have a big? Well, but the no. thing is, like, I don't remember them having a lot of those guys in the original run. Is that like a more recent? Oh, sorry. Porkins is, uh, I would think, more like uh, when they kind of did like a resurgence in the nineties. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but I do have uh, two somewhat rare figures. Um. One was never available for retail, and that, and I think I've maybe mentioned on the show before, it's a uh, uh, George Lucas action figure, but in <laughs> stormtrooper costume. So it's got the removable helmet. Yeah, but it's George Lucas. So it's clearly George Lucas, right? It's beard, yeah. but like seventies George Lucas. Um, and I also have another rare one which I bought. Um, not too long ago and it was only available mail order and that is uh return of the jedi ghost anakin but not christian haydenson this is like right i forgot the the actor this yeah i I know who you're talking about sort of like sort of like old 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 british looking guy or whatever Yeah, yeah and and so he's in the jedi robes and he's kind of pale to make it look like a ghost so he looks pretty um, jovial like like the Hayden Christians, and when they replaced him with Hayden Christians, and Hayden Christians is all glowing. He's scowling. Yeah, he's scowling. Like this guy looks pretty jovial. He's like, hey, you know, like this is this is the best result I could have had. I was like, you know, people cyborg for so long, and now I'm, you know, well, and that's why I never understood, you know, 
why they felt it was necessary because basically he the whole thing is Anakin is redeemed, right? Mm-hmm. But why why they thought, oh well, he has to redeem live out eternity but when he was a jedi last yeah like what yeah it was it was it was another unnecessary sort of retcon yeah exactly and and how about how about this unnecessary retcon why did you have to explain that the whole ghost thing is additional training because now but anakin didn't learn it right the whole thing was yoda was paid a visit by qui-gon yeah and you know apparently there's additional training for obi-wan to do to live out his life as the blue ghost (laughs) i did not yeah that was totally unnecessary you should just touch it i thought you'd just be one with the force right you're one with the force yeah you know you're a force no well the uh, but lucas has always had that chip on his shoulder right where Oh, you're not science fiction because the force is like it's magic, right? Mm-hmm. You're fantasy. Mm-hmm. So I think he that chip on his shoulder, he never got past that and just didn't accept, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm sorcerers in space. Mm-hmm. Which is which is totally cool. What's what which is totally cool. That? Nothing. That's awesome. But you know, now the measurement of how much you uh you know know the force is, you know your uh your your blood count your your, your, your genetic blood count oh which by the way what was your metachlorian actually my metachlorian count didn't increase as a result of uh the astrazeneca i think mine went down i think i'm i think i'm less i think i'm less force sensitive since i've uh since i took the vaccine so if you're vaccine Uh, if you're a vaccine hesitant jedi you may not want to uh no you 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 might go from you know Yoda level to Jarl Poof. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm maybe Kip Duran from the expanded universe. <laughs> Sorry, Curtis. That's not that's not uh, that's not canon. <laughs> it's not. I don't good, know. And good. There's a lot of that stuff that shouldn't be canon. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, as we said, you know, toys was a huge thing in Star Wars. It still is today. People are eating it up. Hey, I'm eating it up. I started off our segment with the uh, with Obi Wan's table, which I have a corresponding Obi Wan character at that point. Uh, and I didn't want to press the button again because it actually has the full Leia message. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually quite a cool little uh, thing. Uh, but a lot of also weird stuff came out as a result of Star Wars becoming a fabric of pop culture, right? Like any any TV show has probably done some kind of reference to it. Um, but there was some weird stuff that came out. Uh, one we talked about during the Christmas time, which was the Christmas special, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But did you know about the Star Wars Christmas album? I didn't know about it until just before we started recording this show. <laughs> it is probably the most fantastic now this was on spotify and i swear uh, uh, when i first got spotify i went down this rabbit hole of what kind of weird stuff is on spotify and i had found this but now it's been taken off uh spotify but this is the star wars christmas album and you can actually get it in the c3po gold edition which uh, is a gold colored 
uh, CD made to look like vinyl, I think, or maybe it is gold vinyl. But it, it has not um, Star Wars characters doing uh, their rendition of famous Christmas carols, but these are like original songs. Yeah, there was some interesting uh, tra- tracks. Like the track listing was pretty was pretty amusing. Yeah, so so let's 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 run it down. So the track first, the opening the the album is "Christmas in the Stars." <laughs> bells, bells, bells. The odds against Christmas. <laughs> that's that's my favorite. Or or no no this one is Curtis. Come on. What can you get a Wookiee for Christmas? Brackets when he already owns a comb. That's true. There's not really much. A new bandolier. R two D two. We wish you a merry Christmas. That one might be a cover, right? Maybe. Hmm. Uh, six sleigh ride. Seven merry merry Christmas. Track eight. A Christmas sighting. Was the night before Christmas? Oh, maybe maybe that's like Anthony Daniels uh, reading it out because Anthony Daniels sings most of these songs. Just to let everyone know. And uh, track number nine, the meaning of Christmas. So this is this is kind of funny because in the holiday special, you know, which is I guess ostensibly a Christmas special, but they they try to make it. They, they they avoid all references to any earthly holidays, you know, and uh, and in this one they're just full out full out Christmas, but it's 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 weird because like how would R two D two and C three PO have any idea of Christmas? I have no idea, but uh, it does say featuring the original cast of R two D two. Anthony Daniels on this album. The album cover is actually quite fantastic. It's in it's it's still in the seventies. Uh, what's that uh, old magazine? I don't think it's being printed anymore. Heavy metal, like oh, it's yeah, almost yeah. like that style of animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, almost like Macquarie drawings, but uh, yeah, yeah. And and like this old man. I guess it's supposed to be Santa, maybe. Like having in front of the fireplace, yeah. and three PO looks like three PO is going to throw him in the fire. <laughs> And R2's fixing toys, or is he like dragging the toy chest? I think he's probably I think he's dragging the toy chest. Okay. R2 seems like the kind of guy who would just really be interested in receiving the gifts rather than so, them. I, I'm I'm disappointed that Spotify pulled it, but obvious for obvious reasons, because I don't I don't know if the license it kind of ran out on it or whatever, but I that's my goal is to find this album somewhere. Yeah. I want to hear it. Um I want to hear it but, once. Yeah, exactly. Just once. <laughs> it's it's almost like it's almost like that William Shatner album, or or rather the William Shatner album and the Leonard Nimoy album. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever heard? Now, the Shatner one is famous because what was the song he sings on it? Sorry, uh, you're talking about like the older Shatner album. Yeah, the more uh, he uh, it's Rocket Man, isn't it? It's Rocket Man. Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah. So um, one thing that is that that's kind of old on Star Wars, again, hitting on all pop culture uh, things uh, on Disney Plus right now, they have the old 70s uh, and 80s uh, Muppet show. And there is the uh, episode where um, Mark Hamill is uh, guest star, guest host. Is it yeah. a guest host? A yeah, guest star. Yeah. 
on the Muppet Show. So this was probably filmed uh, right after uh, Empire Strikes Back. So it would have been around that time. Mm-hmm. Go check that out. Do yourself a favor. I believe I believe Gonzo is Darth Vader, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they, they yeah they do some kind of uh, thing there, but. <laughs> The, the funny thing is uh, Hamill plays himself and he also plays Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Where I don't know if they're supposed to be related. And then he comes out of, he comes in plain clothes. He's Mark Hamill and, and he comes in the Luke, um, basically the uh, Bespin commander Luke Skywalker. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Costume. Yeah. But uh, I guess as uh, going on with more kind of positive modes about Star Wars, now, Star Wars has also hit big, big IP on video games, right? Mm-hmm. It's huge. They they had their own publishing house, LucasArts, um, which then got dissolved. But I think they're kind of trying to take back a lot of their IP. Like I think Electronic Arts is probably still has a stranglehold on anything Star Wars. But over the years, it at least for me, I think I found that video games were the only thing that kind of kept star wars alive because there was a big drought of toys no one was making anything there were no movies no tv shows no toys but the video games were still coming out right from uh atari 2600 right they were coming out with and then i had a uh nintendo six super nintendo that had uh, star wars games on that as well yeah those were Um, really good but but when you and i were both in university there was a huge resurgence that came out or huge reinterest in with this flight simulator, right? The original X-Wing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and the, the, the TIE fighter sequel was fantastic. Like so good. Um, yeah. I think star Wars has always, like you're right. Has always, you know, been putting out quality games, like even back to the arcade machine. That was a great arcade. Game. Oh yeah. The, the, the vector graphic. Yeah. One. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I I played played so much of that. Um, so let me let me let me ask you, Curtis. So you know, to tie up, close up our show with always with our video game talk. What was your favorite Star Wars video game? Uh, it's you know what I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Tie Fighter. I loved I loved it, and I I had the expansion, and uh, it had such a good story. Like you talk about you know sort of Star Wars. You know, kind of getting in its own way sometimes with the storytelling and the retcon. This was like a really interesting story because you were, uh, you know, you were a Tie Fighter pilot, so your 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 whole thing is from the Imperial point of view, which hadn't really been done too much. So mm-hmm. they could really ex- and and there was like sort of your relationship with like the like like the 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 army. And then your relationship with like the higher, the sort of like more occult like Sith sort of, you know, and they were, and they were, they were totally separate and it was really interesting. Like it was a, a really cool dynamic. So uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that game was really, really, uh, really well done. I still play it sometimes today. But I think that's what differentiated like big differentiation between X-Wing and the TIE Fighter one, because the X-Wing one, I didn't think had like a, a, a deep story per se, right? Um, you were just sent on missions. You were sent on you? missions. It wasn't, yeah. The narrative it wasn't as interesting a narrative as like mm. like the, like this one has like a like like a, a like essentially a civil war at one point where one imperial commander breaks away from 
you know, the from from Vader and Palpatine and you got to bring him in and stuff like that. But he's 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 got like powerful allies. And yeah, it was really cool. Yep. Um, I, 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 I like those games. I, I don't think I was a big fan of the fact that it was like a simulator. I don't think I had a powerful machine enough to play, play with it. So I never got great mileage on it. So, I, um, I think for me in that time era, it was when their first person shooter came out and you had to tell me the, the, the title. Cause I totally blanked on the title and that was uh dark forces. Dark forces. It? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Man, when you pick up that stormtrooper rifle and you fire it for the first time and you hear that sound, I was just like, oh, I remember just being blown away. Um, it was really no different than any other kind of uh, first person shooter at that time. Uh, but I remember just going, you know, wow, this this game's great. Uh, but I think my all time favorite and I'll do honorable mention to the Battlefront series. Um, but I think, uh, I think it has to be, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm -hmm. So the first one, Mm -hmm. um, this was the first time, this is not even retcon. They just basically decided we need to go so far back that it doesn't impact anything that we know today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And it goes back generations, right? So this goes back to the stories of, you know, of, the ancient Sith and the ancient Jedi. Um, and it introduced some characters that are still talked about today in, you know, non-canon Star Wars fans. And that's a, uh, a Jedi Knight Revan mm-hmm. or Revan. Mm-hmm. I think you you play as Revan and you decide your fate. Right, um, yeah. And then the, the characters that come out of it. And uh, yeah, people still talk about it and they they want... But it that whole... Um, old republic genre spawned a whole bunch of other games right like it, it spawned the mmorpg mm-hmm. old republic which is it still online yep. i don't think so right? still oh is it still online still oh wow yeah yeah it's i i played it for a while um it's i think it's it's one of these free to play like freemium games now um mm. yeah it was it was good like narrative uh as far as the narrative goes it was excellent um, I think where where they ran into problems is they had no end game. I re- I remember remember interviewing the two guys from Bioware up in Edmonton um, for a story for Canadian Press, and I, I asked them about the end game, and they were like, "We haven't thought that far ahead. You know, we're we're worried about delivering a great story experience." And it's like that's not really how MMOs work. Um, but I think the uh the the next um one of the upcoming disney plus shows um explores that time era mm-hmm. i think uh, i think it's that sith um point of view story called the acolyte i okay. think that's a new show that's coming out uh i think it takes place in quote unquote old republic days well that'd be um, interesting yeah because again they're not confined to the skywalker um uh, saga storylines or confines there and they're able to do whatever they want which anyone who's played any of those old Republic games they've hit it out of the park with video game storylines there right yep absolutely like it's, yeah it's, like some of those are like even more compelling than any of the movies because well they 
they can go as far back as they want, but mm. they don't have to make the technology any like you know it can be the same right mm-hmm. it doesn't have to follow it's not like the bronze age it's not like they're running around with lightsabers that are made out of sticks right 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 yeah you know. technology wise it's still quite similar um you know but uh but yeah you know as far as as far as sort of like uh you know the things that that we know as well established from you know the 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 star wars movies and stuff yeah you're right you can you can do what you want and not really mess around with that kind of stuff. And it avoids that whole star Wars getting in its own way type of thing, which mm-hmm. tends to happen. Um, one game that doesn't fall too badly uh, in retcon, but it's in that really bad time era of, 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 of the star Wars era is, um, and it, it's a, it's a relatively new game uh, is fallen order. Mm-hmm introduced a really interesting character like he was basically a padawan that survived order 66 and he's been hiding his powers kind of like grogu right until what until the fates align and he he reveals himself and then he goes on this adventure um great game looks great i just couldn't handle the parkour like <laughs> that's what did it for me i i was really enjoying it and then it was came to a point where i was just like oh the the parkour necessary to play this game and and maybe because i i didn't do enough mileage in like say the assassin's creed um a franchise which would would have held on to for me but i was just like oh i'm done with this game i just can't handle the parkour yeah otherwise it was great i've been meaning to play it i actually have it's like one of those games that i have because because mm-hmm. it was on sale for like some ridiculous price and i said i can't pass this up but i haven't but i haven't played yet um just put it on the actually no putting on the lowest difficulty won't help you it just helps you with the combat but it's it is good the the story is decent um it kind of melds things that um the cartoons like uh rebels and uh into that fabric of Mm -hmm. that Mm storyline um and the voice acting is decent enough uh and the game is fun like don't get me wrong i I just got frustrated with the parkour because I just got frustrated because <laughs> I'm garbage. Yeah. But um, but just like the Knights of the Old Republic, like the story is decent. Like mm-hmm. it's it's you kind of care about the characters. It's yeah. That's cool. and they they don't do too much to, you know. Oh look, here's Luke wandering around. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> remember there was that other uh, series of. Uh... Of of Jedi games that kind of take place around that time, where the guy's name is like Star Killer. Oh yeah, yeah. The, it's the um, uh, Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and oh. I think that one gets too much into sort of like, oh, Darth Vader's here, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, if this guy is like around, why have we not heard? <laughs> Surely we would have heard of him in the. I mean, I think this is this is your your point really is that you know we would have heard of these guys in in the original trilogy if they were that powerful and that impactful on the storyline right and i think that's part of the problem is why have we not heard of these these characters yeah they 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 wrapped <clears throat> too much they wrapped too much legend around it and then it's like oh they why are they not around here no yeah the uh the force unleashed thing he's what 
he's a Jedi's son that Vader co-ops and turns him into his secret Padawan. Yeah. And then wackiness ensues. But he's like absurdly OP. Oh, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> like, I think at the first level, you can just bring t- you can just bring TIE fighters crashing down with like <laughs> a, just press the right. R1 button or whatever. And a TIE fighter like falls on your enemies. So so besides besides Starkiller being OP, they, they do something even now um that's a bit of an issue and they're giving her a show and and that's ahsoka Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong love the character they did so much so great things with her during the clone wars stuff but then they put her in rebels and now they're in mandalorian so it's like so where was she during all of the battle of yavin and yeah i mean this is the (laughs) thing right like could have used your help (laughs) Like, 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 like nobody, like you're led to believe that Yoda is like the last one, right? Uh, other than obviously Luke, who no one really knows about and Leia, who no one really mm-hmm. knows about. You, you think like Yoda's like the one dude who survived Order 66, but now they're cropping up all over the place. Like, well, there's cropping up all over the place and suddenly, oh, there's a seeing stone where they could have communicated with other Jedi. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, there's, oh god, that is that is part of the that is part of the issue. Like, I have no qualms so much about still telling stories in that space, and sort of like the Mandalorian gets away with it a little bit because a little bit more because like, like the Mandalorian himself is that you you could see him sort of existing and not impacting the sort of uh, the canon. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but uh, so you can do that kind of stuff. Like I watched that Bad Batch uh, that's just come out, and I liked it. And it can you can still tell stories in that in that era. But the I think the characters need to be characters that are adjacent to the to to the big storyline, not ones that would be like, well, you know, if that character existed, then yeah, for sure they would have been at the Battle of Yavin, or they would have been on Endor, or something like that. Well, there you go. There's our there's our Star Wars May the Fourth episode where we spend more time bashing it. But yeah, like you said, we bash it because we love. That's right. It's tough love. But in any case, uh, our next episode, uh, we'll go back to do do a recap of the final um, finale of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we didn't want to kind of incorporate into our Star Wars episode here. Um, so we'll next week we'll we'll kind of circle around back on that. Um, we have a little bit of a break on the Disney Plus side because it isn't until June till we get to see Loki on Wednesdays. That's, that's right on Wednesdays. That was an interesting take. I was like, interesting, but uh, we'll 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 have to wait for that. So you can always catch Curtis and I every week on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Remember to hit subscribe, and uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, give us some comments. It's always good for the algorithms, if you will. So uh, for Curtis and I, may the force be with you, and just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. From home.